2 Timothy chapter 3, I think is the first passage we'll go to this morning. It is 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. We will lead into that passage uh, with a little bit of discussion of where we've been and where we're going today. It's in your bulletin. It's our last week studying the first topic in our doctrinal statement, our church's position on the scripture, on the word of God. Go ahead and say this with me again. It's printed bottom right-hand corner of your bulletin. We believe in the absolute authority of the holy scriptures. We believe the original manuscripts were given by inspiration of God and were without error. We believe the God who gave his word to man has taken upon himself the responsibility for its preservation. We believe the incorruptible word of God, which cannot pass away, is available to the English-speaking world in the authorized King James Version. This Bible is our final authority in all matters. Before we jump into the lesson, uh, just a note, in your Bible workbook, there is space for some uh, bonus assignments or extra credit assignments, another way you can earn some credit. We have not had any of those Yet, we will have some of those uh, soon. Get done working on your youth rally verses. You can start memorizing these statements one by one, and, and that can be, those can be recited for credit. And then we'll just have some questions based upon uh, the notes that we've taken and the lessons uh, that we've covered uh, as we study these topics. So, in relation to our position on the Word of God, we've, we've studied inspiration of the original manuscripts. That's God giving the word, and, and he did so perfectly. But then we covered God's promise to pre preserve the scriptures that he inspired. wouldn't do any good for God to give his perfect words uh, thousands of years ago if those words were not available to us today. And we believe God did promise to preserve the words he inspired. We believe that we have the words that he inspired preserved for us in English in the King James Bible. We believe this book is the fulfillment of that promise from Psalm 12 that God would keep his word from this generation and forever. We, we covered all of those reasons. Then we gave you some reasons why the modern English Bibles, the modern English versions could not possibly be the fulfillment of that, of that promise. But before we move on to the next topic... What I want to do this morning is focus on the first and last sentences of that statement of our position on the Word of God. We believe in the absolute authority of the Holy Scriptures. This Bible, King James Bible, is our final authority in all matters. Now, I believe it's important to have the right Bible. I believe it's important to know why you have the right Bible. But it doesn't do anybody any good to carry the right Bible if we don't commit ourselves to opening it up and reading it and finding out what it says. It would be pointless to, you know, spend a, a semester's worth of Bible school classes studying the history of the King James Bible and to go out and talk about how you're a King James Bible believer if you don't believe it enough to strive to put it into practice in your everyday life. Okay? So the first item there in your notes on your bulletin, having a King James Bible, it is not the finish line in the Christian life. 
You have not arrived just because you have arrived at the truth that the King James Bible is the inspired, preserved, inerrant, infallible, all those things. It it is God's word for the English-speaking people. It's good to know that. It's important to know that. It's not enough to know that. It's not a finish line. It's actually a starting line, okay? So in our lesson on the modern versions, we criticize the NIV because it removes. Anybody remember how many thousand words the NIV has removed? It's how many fewer? 64,000 fewer words in the NIV than the King James Bible. That includes 17 entire verses taken out of the text. How could they take those that many words out of the Bible? It, it's incredible. And yet, it would be hypocritical, hypocritical for us to criticize the NIV for removing 64,000 words from the text... If we ignore that many verses in our lives, it would be better, listen to me, it would be better to carry an NIV or an ESV or a New American Standard and have a heart that desires to live for God and glorify God and serve God than it would be to have a King James Bible but an NIV life. You understand the difference? Okay. So if, if I've got a King James Bible, but I've got no interest in God, no desire to, to, to know his word, no desire to, to, to be a witness, no desire to make God's word the central authority in my life, it's best to have a King James Bible, but it'd be better to have a modern version and a right heart than the right version and a heart that's interested in all kinds of other things. Now, we, we often emphasize that salvation, a lot of people think the Christian life consists of getting saved and then going to church on Sunday. And like, if you, if you do that, you are a Christian. I mean, like a real Christian, because you go to church. At, getting saved is not the finish line going to church on Sunday. It's not the, those are, that's like the starting block for the race that we are to run that is the Christian life. And having the King James Bible, it, it's really the same way. I don't want to de-emphasize the importance of it this morning or the necessity of it this morning, but it doesn't mean that you've arrived. It means you have the best equipment possible to get you started. It means you have what it takes to set yourself up for success. It for success. It means you have the right tools to get the job done. But here's what we have to do. Now we have to go out and use the tools to do the job. Now we have to go out and and put the equipment to use in performing this task and 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 and, and use the gear to, to, to run the race and to 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 compete in the Christian life. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 is where we started, but it's where we'll finish. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. But, but that's not the end of the statement. It's not a period. There's a colon. Verse 17 continues. And here's the purpose. Here's the reason. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Okay? Furnished. God, God has furnished you with what you need to work for him. God has furnished you, given you, equipped you 
with what you need to come to perfection. That is the, the fullness of the maturity of the Christian life to grow in Jesus Christ. So, yes, we have inspired scripture that is such a blessing. Yes, it's so important to know what book is the inspired word of God. But, ha- but having that, here's what we're supposed to do with it. Grow in the Christian life. Go on to perfection. Get busy serving the Lord. If if the Christian life is a race, and Hebrews 12 says that it is, and if you want to run the race successfully, and 1 Corinthians 9 says that you should, you should strive to win. If, if, if you're going to run the race, what's, what's the point? If you're not going to win, and if you're going to run a race, you're going to win the race, you might as well have the best equipment, right? You might as well have the... if, if the, the best shoes that you can have, the best gear that you can have, the best little running outfit that you can have. Now look, having the best stuff doesn't guarantee anything, right? But it gives you the best shot at being successful. If, if you're going to compete in any way, you want to give yourself every competitive advantage possible. So So here I am, and I want to run, and I want to be on the track team or the cross country team or whatever it is team and so I go out and I buy all the best stuff I get running magazines I talk to runners I go to the store and talk to the salesman and they they sell me these shoes and these nice little shorts try not to get a middle image and okay so sorry so so I get all the best running gear and I go put it in the closet what good does it do me there? You know what I got to do? I got to put it on. I got to practice. I've got to run. I've got to, right? I got to condition. I've, I've got to actually put it to use. It's no good to have the best stuff if you're not going to use it. This is a sports illustration. It might not resonate with anybody but Gage this morning. But I don't, I don't know if it was this way for you. It was always this way in every team that I was on. When I was little, I played basketball, played baseball, played football, year-round, on a team. That was, that was life, okay? And, and on every team that I was on, there was always this kid who had no talent, no skill, no athletic ability whatsoever, but his parents didn't know that. And his parents also had enough money to buy this kid the best shoes, the best gear. I mean, the expensive gloves. And I mean, they, they came to practice decked out. But it was really just kind of embarrassing because it didn't do him any good, Right? Now, there were other kids who didn't have the brand new cleats and didn't have all the, you know, fancy equipment, but they came to practice and they hustled and they worked hard and they ran and they sweat and they gave it their all. And you know what they did? They actually benefited the team and contributed to the team and they actually helped the team win. Why? Because they had the heart and the drive and the desire and some talent and skill and ability also helps, helps out. So, so you can't just have all the best stuff. You've got to put that with 
the right stuff on the inside. And we're talking about the Christian life, and the King James Bible is the best equipment that there is. But don't be like the kid on the team who all he has is the best equipment. (laughs) You've got to use it. You've got to put it into practice. I saw this picture this week of Jim Thorpe. Does anybody know who Jim Thorpe is? Wow, a couple people do. Okay, now it's on the internet, so I'm not sure if it's true. But this picture was supposed to have been from the 1912 Olympics in which Jim Thorpe won two gold medals. In the picture... This guy is wearing mismatched shoes and mismatched socks. And the story goes that the morning of one of his his competitions, his shoes were stolen. And so what he did is he went into a trash can and he found two shoes. They weren't a pair, but it was two shoes. And one of them was too big, so he had to wear on one foot extra socks. And he took those shoes from the garbage can and the extra sock, and he won a gold medal that day. (laughs) He didn't have the best stuff as far as his equipment, but, but he had the heart and the drive and the desire and the talent and the skill, and he didn't let that get in the way. So so here's the point in all of that this morning. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. God has given us everything we need but we'll never realize the benefit of having the right bible if we don't apply ourselves to reading it studying it and then applying it and putting it into practice in our lives what we're talking about is letting god's word be the final authority in our lives something is going to be your final authority Something is going to be the determining factor in the decisions that you make on a daily basis. The small decisions, the big decisions, right? Something is going to drive your life. For far too many people, it is what does everybody else think? For far too many people, it's what is popular right now in society. What's the current trend? What's the current fad? What is everybody else going to think? For far too many people, it's what do I want? What do I believe? What do I feel? What do I desire? But what it ought to be in the life of every Christian is what does the Bible say? What did God write down in his word, this book? Here's what our doctrinal statement says. We believe in the absolute authority of the Holy Scriptures. This Bible is our final authority in all matters. So here's how this works in a church context. Our church is called the Bible Baptist Church. And the Bible is in all all caps because we really want people to know how much we emphasize the fact that all of our doctrine comes from the Word of God. All of our practice comes from the Word of God. Our standards come from the Word of God. Our emphasis comes from the Word of God. This book is what determines what we believe. Not what, not what a, 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 you know, a hierarchical um, group of bishops decided. Not, we're not associated to any conference or any delegation. We believe what the Bible says. We teach what 
the Bible says. We're trying to go what by what the Bible says. How is our church leadership to be structured? What does the Bible say? What you know, how are we gonna how are we gonna organize our worship service? What does the Bible say? How are we gonna conduct our outreach? What does the Bible say? What are the rules for membership? What does the Bible say? How are we gonna finance God's work? What does the Bible say? That's what we're trying to do. Okay? That's the church context, but but on an individual basis this morning. Is the Bible the final authority in your life? When you're trying to make a decision between right and wrong, what or who do you consult? When you're trying to make decisions about what you're going to do and where you're going to go and what direction your life is going to take, where do those instructions come from? The the goal, the objective, is for the Bible to be our final authority. Come to 2 Peter chapter number 1. 2 Peter chapter number 1, another passage that we visited when we introduced the doctrine of the inspiration of Scripture, but it it, it leads right into this direction. 2 Peter 1 verse 13, yea, I think it meet, it's necessary, suitable, I think it meet, kind of like Lauren, she's meet for me, she's necessary, she's suitable, she's a blessing. Yea, I think it me, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I'll endeavor that you may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. Now, we covered this already, but, but listen, Peter is about to die. He's going to put off his tabernacle. God showed him his time on the earth was short. He wanted the people that he's writing to to be able to remember what he had said after he died And so he wrote it down. It's where the scripture came from. God, Jesus Christ, had vested the authority of the church in the apostles, but the apostles died. And so before they died, they recorded God's inspired scriptures, and the authority that Christ had vested in the apostles was transferred by the apostles to the scriptures that they recorded so that after they were dead, we would still have a source of authority. For what's true and what's right and how we're supposed to live and conduct ourselves as Christians and as churches. So that's what this book is. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, verse number 16. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty, verse 16. He goes on to describe the Mount of Transfiguration, verses 17 and 18. And in verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. More sure than seeing Jesus Christ transfigured. More sure than hearing the audible voice of God from heaven. More sure than the dream you had last night. More sure than the impression that you felt upon your heart. We have in black and white in a book on the page written God's words. You can't mistake it. We have a more sure word of prophecy. But that's not the end of the verse. Whereunto, the Bible says, ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Now, what we have in the Bible is better than what, you know, the prosperity gospel preachers and the TV preachers and the... It's better than, better than I had a vision, it's better than I had a dream, and what we have is far superior to what they have and what they're looking to as their authority. But what good is it if we don't take heed to it? We can sit back and criticize, we can sit back and laugh, we can sit back and, 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 and talk about how much better our Bible is than their fables are. 
But it doesn't do us any good if we don't take heed, if we don't let its truth illumine our minds and, and guide our path and, and, and give light to the way that we should live. You see that in Second Peter chapter 1. Come back to Psalm 119. Some verses we should all be familiar with, just talking about God's Word as a light. And we're speaking of the Bible being our final authority. Psalm 119. In verse number 105, Psalm 119. In 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A flashlight's a great thing to have on a dark trail at night, right? I'm not one of these guys that has a belt full of gadgets. I don't have a flashlight on me right now, but if I were camping and I needed to leave the tent in the middle of the night for whatever reason, then a flashlight would probably be a really good thing to have. I would make sure that I had one. You could have the best flashlight that there is. If you want to know what it is, you could probably ask my father-in-law. He could give you an idea. But you, you, you could spend all the money that you've got and buy the best possible flashlight but if you leave it in the tent, who cares what kind of flashlight you have? I'd rather have the $5 version from Walmart and actually have it than the best mag light there is and not have it, right? I, I, I just take my iPhone out and turn on the flashlight and that would be better than, if I actually had it with me, that would be better than anything that anybody had spent a whole bunch of money on. So, so we can have the perfect word of God and that's great. I hope you do. I hope you have a nice copy. I hope, I, mean, I hope you take pride in your copy of the Bible. But what good is that if we don't let it show us where to step and where not to step? That's why you need a flashlight in, in the dark at night. Because there's places you don't want to step. There's stuff you don't want to step on. There's stuff you don't want to step in. There, there, there are places you could step where you're going to hurt yourself. It's going to make a mess. It's going to be unpleasant. And so the light shows you where to go, where not to go. If we're not going to allow the Bible to tell us what to not do, what to avoid, what to stay away from, what good is it for us to brag about having a King James Bible. We've got to let the Bible show us how to live, how to act, what kind of attitude to have, what kind of language to use, what kind of people to associate with, how to spend our time, how to spend our money, how to order our priorities. That's what it means for the Bible to be a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Look at verse number 130. Psalm 119, 130. The Bible says, the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandments. Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word. Here's a great prayer we could all pray. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. There's a good cross references in Jeremiah 10 verse 23. The way of man it is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. We, we are sometimes tempted to think that we've got it all figured out and we, we could do okay leaning to our own understanding. But what we need is the guidance and direction of God's Word. So, so introspect, introspection this morning. Examine yourself this morning. To what extent does the Bible dictate the decisions you make 
on a daily basis. If we don't let the Bible dictate the decisions we make on a daily basis, what we're saying with our actions is we really don't need God's help. We've got it all figured out. We're okay. What we ought to do instead is trust in the Lord with all thine heart. What does that look like? Acknowledging God in all, all our ways. What does that look like? Ordering our steps in God's word. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs 6, verse number 20. Proverbs 6 and verse 20. My son, keep thy father's commandment, forsake not the law of thy mother, bind them continually upon thine heart, tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. The commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. Look at this. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. You know, you know what it is to be reproved? You know what reproof is? It's when somebody tells you that you're wrong. Which is always a blessing, isn't it? It's everybody's favorite thing. For somebody to point out where we are wrong, where we are in error, where we are out of line. But you know what? We need God's word to tell us that we're wrong. We might think we want to go to a church where the preacher doesn't continually tell us that we're wrong, but how are we going to get any better if we don't know where we're wrong? Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So how is your attitude toward the places in the Bible that tell you that you're wrong? How do we respond when something in the Bible crosses what we are doing or what we want to do or what we think or how we feel? Well, the answer to that question is really, it's revealing as to what's the final authority in our lives. Quickly, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God of the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay, So you're going to have all kinds of thoughts run through your head. You're going to have all, all, all kinds of thoughts enter into your mind. And what you need is you need God's word to be the filter to catch the bad thoughts so they can't get through, right? You've got, you've got to be able to take those thoughts, examine those thoughts, and submit those thoughts obediently to Jesus Christ. But how are you going to do that? You've got to have the knowledge of God. Look at the verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, how are you going to be able to tell if this is in line with the knowledge of God? You've got to, you've got to install the filter. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think any of you, except for our leaders, are homeowners, but maybe you assist in some home maintenance. You know, you know something you have to do on a regular basis in your house is you have to change the filters, for the air conditioning system because there's dust and debris and stuff that doesn't need to get all up inside of that. 
and the filter catches what shouldn't go through, and then you can change the filter out so it can catch all the other stuff. And it, it's great to have good filters, but you have to install the filters so that they catch the stuff, right? So it's, it's great to have a good filter, but you've got to install it in your brain. You've got to read it and listen to it and hear it and memorize it so that it can catch the bad thoughts before they mess up your life. Catch the thoughts and remove the thoughts before they turn into actions that are going to lead to destruction. Okay? So here's what to do with the Bible. It's not enough just to have the Bible. Here's what we've got to do with it. And and we only have time to list these. This morning you can look up the references. Read it. Read it. It's great that we've got the King James Bible. It's great to know why we have the King James Bible. Read it. Study it. That commandment's not just for the pastor. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Memorize it. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Memorize it. Meditate upon it. Meditate. That means to think on purpose. Meditate upon it. You you don't have to cross your legs. If that helps you, feel free. Meditate upon it. Hear it. Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In Deuteronomy, they heard the word and learned to fear God, hear the word of God. Great way to do that is come to church. You're, you're, you're checking that one off this morning. Okay, hear it. Sing it. Colossians three sixteen. let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and washing one another, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing it. Deuteronomy 6, talk about it. How many of your conversations have anything to do with the Bible? Ought to be at least some. Talk about it. Post it. Deuteronomy 6, 8 and 9. Now, this this, this could be visual cues on your wall, in your house, in your bedroom. That's the context of Deuteronomy 6. If you're going to post anything social social media-ly, then post, post the Bible. Proclaim it. Or publish it or preach it. Proclaim it. Share it. Spread it. Disseminate it. Don't keep it to yourself. Read it. Study it. Memorize it. Meditate upon it. Hear it. Sing it. Talk about it. Post it. Proclaim it. We're talking about the Bible as our final authority. Let me just wrap up with this comparison and contrast. Under Roman Catholicism... The scripture is supposedly put on equal footing with tradition. The authority structure for the Roman Catholic Church is we take scripture and we take tradition. Now how that works out realistically is that tradition ends up trumping scripture because if they've got some traditional teaching or practice that is contradicted by the Bible, they're going to throw out the Bible and go with the traditional teaching or practice. For instance, purgatory. For instance, confessional. Those things aren't found in the Bible. They're found in tradition. They're actually taught against in the Bible, but the tradition trumps scripture. That's the Catholic approach. Here's the 
charismatic approach. Experience trumps scripture. Have you ever tried to witness to somebody or talk to somebody and their response was, I know what I felt. This is kind of the Mormon approach. They had a burning in their bosom that, that let them know the Book of Mormon had to be true. It's all feelings. It's all what I experienced. doesn't matter what the Bible says. I know what I saw. I know what I heard. I know what I felt. I know what happened. The charismatic approach is experience trumps Scripture. But here's the Christian approach. Nothing trumps Scripture. Mark 7, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees because the command, their, their traditions made the word of God of none effect. That was, that was the Catholic approach. In Jeremiah 23, he that hath a dream, let him tell the dream. He that hath a vision, tell the dream. He that hath my word, let him speak my word. What is the chaff to the wheat? Your experience to God's word, it's like chaff to wheat. It's like meaningless to helpful. Acts 20, verse number 37, uh, speaks about all of the counsel of God, declaring all the counsel of God. That, that's what we want to do as a church. We want to find out what the Bible says so we can do what the Bible says. We're not just King James Bible havers. We're King James Bible believers. And let's let God's word be the final authority in our lives. Lord, help us, God, to do this. We're, we're really grateful for having King James Bible. And I, I pray that you would help us see the importance of knowing why we believe it and, and, and help us to have the ability to articulate that truth and those reasons to others. Um, Lord, thank you for the equipment that you've given us, but help us to put it into practice in our, in our, in our daily lives. I, I pray that our steps would be ordered by your word. I pray that our thoughts would be directed by your word. I pray that our decisions would be determined by your word. God, I pray that we would allow your word to be the final authority in our hearts and lives so that you might be glorified and we might enjoy your blessings. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.